The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Relax, this is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson, and uh, it's a very special episode of Tofop. Uh, as you know, Will is taking a bit of time away from the show. I'm right or die, man. Uh, right up until Christmas, I'm going to keep bringing you Tofop themed entertainment, and I thought, what better way to kick it off than to bring on uh, a man described as the uh, the third Tofopper. <laughs> if there's a fifth Beatle, then maybe this guy is the third uh, Tofopper. It's of course uh, podcast Mike. Welcome to the show. You've been you've been on the pod in a sense before. Like we've had you on the show before. You've done a faux fop. You are silently involved in this show. Does it feel different to be now like acknowledged on the flagship show for Tofop? Oh, it feels really different. And I, I'm disappointed in a way because I, I was thinking during the week, because obviously we plan this in advance. Well, you know, normally you do that. Hi, well, everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. And then Will says, I'm Will Anderson. And I was getting ready to totally shock the listeners by going, <laughs> and I'm Mike. And then they would have been like, what the hell? This is a cra- This is so different. But you didn't give me the chance. So... Here I am. I'm on the pod. I'm having a great time so far. I know we just started, but this has been fun so far. <laughs> well, it, what you know what hasn't been fun is the lead up to this recording, and it has you know, mm. nothing to do with you, uh, Mike. I was very excited to get you back on the pod. Cool. Uh, but in the last 24 hours, um, uh, where I live up in the Northern Rivers, we were struck by an enormous storm. Very, very, mm. a big storm, but very short-lived. It only hit for about, like, I'd say 45 minutes. But I'm talking 140-kilometre winds. I've had trees go down in my front yard. Uh, the the road into town was completely sealed off. It was like one of those, you know, that horror movie trope where it's like, you know, the, the kids are away at the, at the cabin and then, you know, yeah. bad stuff starts to happen. They try and leave, but they drive to the bridge and the, the bridge is collapsed. Yeah. It was... <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Simpsons have done that at some point where like the only bridge out of town is destroyed in in some incident and there's no other way out. Well, I had to go pick up Gemma from the airport last night. She's been in Sydney for a few days. Mm. And at one stage, I was like, I don't even know if it's safe to go out on the road. But the storm had sort of passed. And I, like an idiot, so I, I pull out of my street and I turn onto the main road out of town. And I noticed that there's like this uh, backlog of traffic all turning the other direction. And in my head, I'm like, look at these idiots. What are they heading into town for? There's just been a storm. And so then I turn right and I'm immediately confronted by like five fallen trees, which is why everyone is turning the other direction. Oh, no. And there was a dude sitting there, like I guess during the community service thing of, he was parked in front of the trees with his hazards on, I guess to kind of signal to people, hey, you know, there's fallen trees, you need to turn around. So Interesting that he took took that upon himself to be the guy to stop at the trees instead of just turning around. Well, it, it is interesting because... So I, I got out and took a photo because um, if you don't photograph it, Mike, it doesn't happen. It never happened. So mm. I got out and took some photograph mm. of the damage and then I turned the car around and pulled up next to this guy just to have a bit of a chin wag. And uh, I didn't actually ask him 
you know, if, if that's what he was doing. I just assumed because he had his car parked with the hazards on. And so I'm talking to this dude and I think what, look, allegedly, what I think I see is sort of drop out of view. Like he sees me pull up and he drops his hand out of view was a vape, a vape pen. <laughs> and I'm assuming that maybe, you know, he was a bit high because then I started talking to him <laughs> and I said, did you see the... Did you see the tree come down? And he's like, oh, yeah, it happened just after I, I, I entered town and I pulled over and the tree went down. And so he's gone, do you know, how do you contact a, a copper around here? And I was like, well, you know, the way you'd normally call the police, it's just triple zero. <laughs> like, I think, I think that's how you call the police. But I said, I don't think you need to call the police. I think you need to call the SES. And he was like, what's that? And I'm like, well, the state emergency service? They're the guys who come and clear trees and, you know, hook up the power again. And he's like... All oh, right. Well, how do I call them? <laughs> I said, "It's fine, mate. I'll, uh, I'll, I've got, I've got this. You've got the hazards on direct redirecting traffic." <laughs> but then, as I was driving away, I'm like, "Maybe he wasn't. Like, maybe it wasn't a public service. Maybe it's just a coincidence. That this guy's like, I'm a bit baked. Yeah, I'm just going to stop the car here and put the hazards on and just wait for this high to pass." Yeah, because it implies that, like, if you stop and put your hazards on to direct traffic, like. People are going to see the trees. They're going to know to turn around. It's not like we need a good Samaritan to take one for the team and be like, guys, I got you. This tree's fallen down. Everyone turn around. Like, you don't need that. You'll see the trees. So I think yeah, it's definitely he was baked. <laughs> and it's and, and it's also like only one side of the trees. If you're heading out of town, it was useful to have the hazards on. But for all those people coming into town, I mean, they could have ploughed directly into five fallen trees yeah. because they wouldn't have been able to see the hazard lights. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's so, crazy. So this storm hit. Um, and the funny thing was, like earlier in the day, um, I'd seen a sign stuck up in town, like on the community notice board for like a, a Christmas fete that was happening at the showgrounds. Mm. I was like, oh, well, this would be nice to take Iona to. There's going to be Santa and bands and all this kind of stuff. And so I went along there um, with a couple of friends and there's probably about three or 400 people you know, it's food stalls, a real country, you know, atmosphere. Santa came along in a fire truck. And then I start getting texts from other friends of mine who were meant to come, but they were like, hey, have you seen the forecast? So I was looking at the severe weather warning and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll get Iona home just before this hits. We managed to get home like five minutes before the storm hits, but I don't know what happened to that other... 400 three 400 people because it was in the middle of like a showground so there was no available shelter and it was when i'm uh, like 140 kilometer winds gigantic mm, mm. like fat you know uh, if you've ever seen bowfinger they talk about chubby rain it was that big fat chubby rain where right. each drop like feels hits like it's the size face. of a fist yeah it hits your whole <laughs> face so we managed to get back home. The way I knew a storm was coming is Iona has one of those um, ball pits, like it's an inflatable kiddie pool, but filled with plastic balls. Mm. And I'm in the laundry on our back deck, you know, you know, putting a load of washing on. And I just see the ball pit fly into the sky and like plastic balls go everywhere. That was my first indication that something was happening. And so I uh, was scrambling around trying to collect all these colored plastic balls to get back in the, in the, in the ball pit just as the storm hit. And then it was just carnage. Like, thank God everything in the house, like the roof didn't blow off. Like the house was quite stable, but I was running from window to window because we're on uh, stilts. So we're quite elevated, which makes us quite vulnerable to high winds. <laughs> so I was running from window to window, just watching shit blow off my deck. Like I saw two <laughs> plants fly away. I saw like, an entire shelf wait, of like cushions. Like pot, potted plants? 
potted plants. The winds were so strong. Like wow. potted plants went flying. A bamboo tree went over in our front yard. Just shit was going left, right, and center. And I was, I was thinking, well, you know what? As long as we're indoors and we've got if we've got power, we'll be fine. <laughs> the power goes out. <laughs> it is amazing. Like I always think, you know, in one of those kind of movies where everything goes to shit, that oh, I'd be pretty good. I'm pretty, you know, resourceful and reliant. Mate, I did not have electricity for 30 minutes. I started thinking, maybe I can eat my child. <laughs> maybe this is like... <laughs> it's like um, when, when uh, Homer locks Bart Simpson up in his room and he looks at the dog and the dog's face turns into a pizza <laughs> box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. Well, I, I didn't kind of realise... I thought because we have, uh, we're you know we've got gas for our hot water and stuff, which we do. So like we we we've got these gas tanks outside the house, but the actual hot water system, it's one of those supercharged ones where you never run out of hot water. But that's electric, so suddenly there's no hot water, so there's mm. no electricity, no hot water, mm. and I have gas if I want to cook, but I have no, I have no way to ignite the stove without because I, I don't have any lighters in the house. So I'm, all of a sudden I'm like. Jesus Christ, like everything went to shit in about 40 minutes. What am I going to do? But surely you have like some kind of canned food or like, surely you didn't have to resort to eating your child. There must have been something (laughs) available you could both eat. (laughs) Well, because Gemma had been away this week and it was just me and Iona. My plan was to run the food down Mm. until Gem gets back and then I'll do a big shop for us for the week, which was today, Sunday, when we're recording this. That's normally when I go and do the big grocery shop for the week. So I had purposely been running our resources down so I could... The one time that plan wouldn't work when there's a power outage. There's the fridges out, so like all the food that I'd frozen, that's all gone. So it's now... It's been, that was at 6 p.m. We're recording at 2 p.m. So it's been, uh, what, 18, uh, eight, since 18 hours since everything went to shit. Or, yeah, that's right. Uh, gee, I hope Adam Spencer's listening to this episode because I've just nailed that. <laughs> Normally my math is terrible, but I've nailed that. So I've been checking the SES website and the energy websites. And they, if you click on the link, so you put your, your address in and it tells you what's going on. And it's the equivalent of just the, shrugging shoulders emoji literally they're like (laughs) we have multiple lines down uh there's uh uh, multiple issues vegetation fallen trees we uh the time that we can restore power is unknown and i'm like mother flipper (laughs) i've got to do a pod with you today because there's not only no electricity but there is no phone coverage and there is no internet there's not even 4g i guess the 4g tower is affected by the outages as well so we literally have nothing. In fact, to do this podcast, my commitment to TOFOP, I have left my wife and child in a house with no hot water, <laughs> barely any food, no telephone, and uh, 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 no car. So <laughs> if anything happens... It kind of I sounds like I'll- you'll, you'll never come back. Like it feels like yeah. you've just left the home for every night. <laughs> hey, I'm just, I'm going to go down the road and record this podcast, guys. I'll be back soon. But you just never come back. <laughs> well, it's amazing how unappealing a house becomes once you've got no electricity. Like, I've been. Have you been watching any of the uh, the Beatles, the Beatles thing yeah. on um, Disney? I've, I so have. It's, it's so good, by the way. Long. It, oh, it's so I was going to talk about this. Like, it's like three episodes, but every episode is two and a half hours. Like, doesn't it f- feel like you're reading a particularly dense novel? Because it's not like a, no- a documentary where they have they'll cut it together with, you know, snippets of narration or whatever to 
give you an insight into what's going on or the backstory. Mm. There is an assumption that you know, well, I mean, they're the Beatles, so most people know a lot about the Beatles, but you've really got to pay attention because A, it's the Liverpoolian accent. If you're not, you know, really paying attention or reading the subtitles, you miss what's going on. But mm. there's no attempt to kind of um, zhuzh it up or make it like uh, pacey and exciting. It's literally just four guys and and their and they're, and their various kind of hangers on talking in a room and it's like it's fascinating and i'm finding it really great but yeah. i'm only like two hours into the first episode and i'm like geez there's still like six hours of this to go yeah. and i've got no power so i don't know how i'm gonna watch it <laughs> yeah you know what i actually re- really like about it and i don't know about you but because i'm pretty sure for my entire lifetime and i love the beatles but i think both john and george have been dead the whole time I've been alive, right? Whereas like oh, right. Paul yeah. and Ringo, you you see a lot of them, particularly Paul. Like you know, you know the kind of guy he is. But I guess like through osmosis, you just have this idea that John Lennon was like a bit of a weirdo and George Harrison was like really hippie and like into like meditation and spirituality. But then this is the first time I've really seen both of those men like alive and like just being like really normal dudes who are just really into music. And they say that Mm. the Let It Be era of the Beatles, and this might come in in one of the other episodes, but they say it's very, um, it was really hostile and they weren't getting along. But so far in this first ep, it just seems like four dudes who are just making one of the best albums in the world and having a great time doing it. And it's just so awesome seeing like John and George and Paul, like all of them just hanging out. Like I, it's, it's like a podcast in a way, like you just kind of <laughs> fixed on it. It's, it's great. A hundred percent agree. And I was like a, I was a huge Beatles nut when I was at high school. I like read a, a heap of books and I was particularly interested in, in John Lennon. Mm. And you're right. Like the story that I had always heard about let it be was, Oh, this was the breaking point for the band and the cameras made it really intrusive and the big studio wasn't great for acoustics and Yoko was there and that was adding to the tension. And so I'd always heard that and expecting to, and there, there, there have been little clips like there's in the Imagine documentary, the John Lennon documentary, there are the, some of the same clips from Get Back. There's that bit where Paul and George uh, are talking in the first episode where Paul's trying to get George to play like a guitar riff that isn't cheesy. And, and George is like, just look, I'll play it or I won't play it. Just tell me. And in isolation, that bit seems really kind of snarky. And it's like, oh yeah, the Beatles are definitely at breaking point. But Mm -hmm. in this long form documentary, you're like, oh, that's just part of the creative process. process. And don't you find it like so reassuring that even the Beatles get together and they're like, Jojo was a man, blah, 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 something, mm, something, yeah. and oh, then we'll put yeah. something in here. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was um, uh, is it, one of the first ones you see, I think it's I, Me, Mine, or, or, yeah. or, or Two of Us or something like that. And yeah, they like they don't know the words. They're just playing little bits on guitar and just making it up as they go. And it's just, yeah, it's remarkable. And I think, you know, particularly John seemed to become... And I don't, well, uh, these these are my own words, but he did seem to become kind of weird after the Beatles. But at, mm. at this point, at this point, he, he does really just seem super normal. And like, did, did you ever see that movie, um, Nowhere Boy, the, the John Lennon movie? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, I found that, I really liked that movie. I found it so endearing to see John's kind of history and his like difficult upbringing and like his mum reconnecting mom, with yeah. his mum and then his mum died pretty much as soon as they reconnected. But mm. yeah, it's just, it, it is so, I'm so glad this doco is out. I just wish I had the time to watch it all in one hit. It's such a commitment. Like Gemma mm. and I, since Iona's been born, you know, we find it really hard to watch any movie. Two hours, nine, even 90 minutes seems like too long. Like we can mm. get an episode of a TV show in. Mm. But we have sort of like made this blood vow to each other because we've been enjoying it so much. And Gemma's not even really a Beatles fan. Like she kind of, because she grew up in the UK, I guess, and they were so kind of omnipresent. Mm. She kind of was not a fan it's like one of those things where it's just it's too um saturated and they're everywhere and 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 so she's been getting this really uh, it's been really interesting to see how she's been responding because she's sort of seeing a different side to them and we're both saying to each other that it's almost like having a time machine because it is so candid and there is none of that kind of normal documentary filmmaker um narrative shaping of the story where they're you know pointing you in a certain direction there's no talking heads there's no like they go to paul now being like oh yeah and at this point we were doing this it's just like this is exactly what happened unfiltered yeah and it feels really intimate like it it Mm. almost uh, because i was really thinking about it i've seen a few people sort of you know put this on social media it's a similar feeling because you know the beatles are so huge and and, in so many people's homes and you know interwoven in in our lives there is that sense of familiarity with them like you know even though we obviously don't know them through their music and their pop culture status like there is a sense that you that you know them and then you see this and it's like oh but you've going deeper into that knowledge like they're four incredibly famous well-known people Mm. and you know the the Beatles were kind of like the original boy band in that they all had distinct personalities you know the the funny one the intellectual you know the cute one you know Mm. the quiet one and and so to sort of have that as just a given like they're as famous as Mickey Mouse or you know Santa Claus or anything bigger than Jesus I believe is bigger than Jesus yeah (laughs) no 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 not bigger they just meant taller than Jesus (laughs) which you know which can't be disputed because people were a lot smaller 2,000 years ago (laughs) but yeah there is that there is that sense that you are getting to know them even better and and you're right like I think that those personas that are they're famous for you know, like, you know, John being this kind of, you know, rebel rousing sort of anarchist uh, weirdo and, and mm. Paul being the kind of uh, mainstream sort of cute one. And, mm. and, and and it feels like that stuff has is sort of been erased. Like there's little hints to those elements, yes. but then you realize, oh, that's a construct by the record companies and the media. Yeah. I'm sure that, you know, that those stories or those personas were created, you know, off some kind of uh, real world thing but they're just dudes and Mm. it's it's really interesting just to see four incredibly wealthy famous influential dudes sipping tea you know and talking about what they watched on tv last night yeah you're right it's like a podcast yeah and and i think um what i've like what i've found is like again talking about them being their their personas being a contract construct sorry you know how like everyone says like ringo is a te- like Ringo's the worst Beatle. That's like a trope. But y- even mm. watching him in this and how involved he is in the creative process. And I think that's why, like, when you said your wife 
isn't a Beatles fan, but she's still really enjoying it. I think there's just something really special about capturing four people, four creative people creating, like creating mm. art and just watching them, watching them work together and collaborate in that sense, which is just, you don't really ever, I don't think there's ever been something where, or at least I've never seen something where you can see a band just create an album and like watch all the choice, see all the choices they're making and this and how they're writing the songs and how they're, they're developing them. Like, I don't think I've ever seen something quite like this. Well, you know, like we live in this sort of era of nostalgia and fan service and, mm. you know, they reboot Ghostbusters or they reboot yeah. Star Wars. And in that first film, there's always, hey, why are these dice hanging in the front of the Millennium Falcon? You know, or that this is how Han Solo got those dice or whatever yeah. the hell it is. Yeah. And it's like, this is fan service, but legitimate fan service. If you've ever yeah. wanted to know how they arrived at that specific word in that lyric, then this is how, you know, how did George come up with that guitar solo? This yeah. is how. And, but it it's feels Be- really, it doesn't it's, feel. It's the Beatles prequel. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the solo of the Beatles, except you're right. It's not manufactured. Like this actually is what happened. It's not some writers in a room deciding it. 50 years yeah. after the original thing happened. <laughs> Which, to yeah. be honest, I know you hate it and talk on Tofop a lot about how you hate nostalgia baiting, but I fucking love it. Like, I'm the guy who, when Han Solo appears in Star Wars Episode Seven, and I'm just like, oh my God, he's back. <laughs> yes, like, I, I live for that shit, and I know how it's just Hollywood manipulating me to get my money, but I don't care. I love that stuff so much. Yeah, it's funny. I might have turned a corner on that well it remains to be seen but i did hear someone um because i know the new ghostbusters film is copying a lot of shit and people just saying it's you know it's exactly that it's just 90 minute fan service yeah and i'm quite a big ghostbusters fan i love that first movie and as a kid like you know that's all i was obsessed with Mm. and i um saw uh, uh brian quinn who's one of the impractical jokers on twitter he's a big ghostbusters fan and he was responding to people who were saying, isn't it just bullshit fan service? And he was like, yeah, but like, I'm a fan and I wanted to get serviced. He's like, you know, this <laughs> yeah. is... Yeah. Like, I, I, I grew up with the Ghostbusters and I do want long lingering shots of, you know, Ecto-1, you know, cruising around. And I, and I want to know, like, how the EKG meter works. And he's gone, that might be boring and lame and whatever, but that's what I grew up with. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe my distaste for nostalgia is for things that I'm not that tied into. into? Like Star yeah. Wars, Star Wars, I can take or leave. Like, you know, it was fun, but I'm, I'm not obsessive about it. So when I see, uh, you know, uh, The Force Awakens, I'm like, eh, I don't really care. That's why I think Rise of, no, Rise of Skywalker, what's the one in the middle? Force Last Awa- Jedi. Oh, Last Jedi, yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't, I actually tried to watch Rise of Skywalker and I got like, 20 minutes and I'm like I don't I don't give a shit I don't care about any of this but that's objectively but at least, the worst one it, right it's so but last bad. but last Jedi because they tried to throw all that out the window and they tried to subvert everything I understand that it's probably not a good film and people hate it but for someone who's not bound to the universe I'm like oh this is great like here's a filmmaker who's like hey you know that thing that you worship and think so awesome well turns out it's bullshit yeah, <laughs> I was like it's well, a great call Funnily enough, I actually love The Last Jedi. I actually think it's... I thought it was amazing, and I know people hate it, but I loved it for that. And also, funnily enough, I think I'm the opposite of you because I think the more I'm into something, the more I hate 
when they try to do fan service. Um, for example, right. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know, but they're doing like at the moment there's a Harry Potter prequel film series called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is just the, to me the trials of Griswold or something. The trials of <laughs> the crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, that's <laughs> <was> close. <laughs> yeah. So, and the third one is called The Secrets of Dumbledore. That's not out yet, but. You know, yeah. I, I love the stuff. Like, they've got Jude Law playing a young Dumbledore, which I, Dumbledore's one of the main characters in the original Harry Potter. So Jude Law's playing a young Dumbledore. But I think I now know how Star Wars fans felt when the prequel trilogy came out and they started doing, like, midichlorians and stuff. Because the way that J.K. Rowling has just changed the lore of her own universe right. and just changed how the magic works and how everything in the world works is just ridiculous. And everyone's like, J.K. Rowling, you can't do that. Now, there's a lot of things J.K. Rowling is doing that shit at the moment, but <laughs> I'm not going to say this is the worst one, but I hate, yeah. personally, I hate it. It's so bad. Like, she's changing the timelines of when characters were around and stuff, and yeah, it's shit. So I don't know anything really about the Harry Potter universe. So tell me, when you say... So the thing that I, I, I found so well, most Star Wars fans found kind of dumb about the Metachlorian is like you took took this thing that was kind of mysterious and magical mm. and didn't need to be explained and then you broke it down to the most mundane, minute level of, oh, it's these little bugs that live in your blood. Yeah. Has she done something similar with magic? I think the the one that most people hate, and you, I think you'll actually like this, is in the third <laughs> Harry Potter book, um, there's time travel is introduced and the oh, way yes. that time travel works in the book series and the movie series originally is that when you travel back in time, it's the kind of time travel where you were always there. So you're not creating okay. a new timeline. It's like one timeline and you were always in that timeline, right? Yeah. Whereas then the the biggest breach was in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which is the play. Um, you, have you seen the play or would you no. see it? Okay, cool. Don't yeah, see sure, it. if you want to give me a free ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so expensive. But in the play, time travel comes back, but it's now the kind of time travel where you go back and then you like, you know, you go back and kill Hitler and then you come back into the future and it's a totally new world, which was never right. how time travel worked in that universe. And, you know, to get nerdy about it, both of those types of time travel can't exist in the same universe. <laughs> like it's either one or the other and people hate it. Um, so I think is, that's the main breach of the rules. Is is there a suggestion that it, there's a multiverse within Harry Potter that maybe they aren't, it's not the same chronology? Um, not really, because they end up going back to fix all the stuff that they that they ruin and then they come back to normal. Um, so it's not right. really that. And also in the play, Voldemort, who's the big, who's like the Darth Vader of Harry Potter, it turns out he had a secret daughter who is now like trying to carry on his work but most people disagree with the fact that Voldemort ever would have had a daughter because his whole character was about how he wanted to live forever and he wanted to be immortal himself um mm. so yeah people really didn't like that either so oh, yeah but but Mike, uh, through our children, that is how we become immortal. That is how we live on. You've no, but Voldemort wouldn't think that. Voldemort wouldn't think that. That's the problem. He's too selfish. <laughs> I mean, I think the hardest part about being a dad, if you're Voldemort, is how do you do that? I mean, 
normally you grab your kid's nose and say, got your nose, but like it's going to be the other way around <laughs> when you're Voldemort. Yeah. Like his, his daughter's like, I've got your yeah. nose, but legit, I got your nose. Why doesn't he have a nose? What's that all about? Uh, shortest way of putting it is the, in the Harry Potter world, as you murder people, you become less and less human because you split your soul. Right. And Voldemort... Oh. Stop starts looking less and less human and more and more resembling a snake because the snake is like, you know, the figure of like Slytherin house and he's a descendant of them and yeah, stuff like that. And how does it go like <laughs> Slytherin house to me is like Decepticon. Like if you have this house at your private school called Slytherin where your symbol is a snake and your main villain is in... I mean, shouldn't everyone be like, hey, you know what? Maybe we just we close down Slytherin, Slytherin house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point. Um, I think it's exaggerated that like everyone in Slytherin is bad. I think there are some good Slytherins, okay. but but you're right. Like the common consensus is that every Slytherin ends up being like a mass murdering racist bad guy, and Dumbledore at no point is like, guys, let's just have three houses. Let's not have Slytherin anymore. I actually love um. Again, we have talked about it, but I'd love to do this kind of chat on my Harry Potter podcast because, like, yeah, I, I, I just love explaining Harry Potter to people who don't know anything about it and just seeing their yeah. reactions to some of the stupid shit in the series. I mean, I have read, I think I read the first book like 20 years ago or whenever it first came out. I did mm. read the first book and I think I saw the first two films. Yeah. Is Gary Oldman in one of them? Gary Oldman is in he's mainly in the third one, but then he he's oh, a recurring character as the movies go on. He's serious black. I seem to re- I seem to recall enjoying the one where Gary Oldman was, but I I it was in, but I, I can't remember anything about it. It just looked good. I remember it was a good looking film. That's the one that Alfonso Cuaron directed. Yes. It yeah, it's yeah. often cited as like one of the best films. Like it's the most artistic um, Harry Potter movie and it's probably the best I reckon it's the best for outsiders who haven't seen any of the others because it's quite a contained story um, right yeah this does yeah. sound like content for your other show <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah anyway moving on from Harry I can't I think we were still talking about the power outage when you started talking about the Beatles doco and now we've ended up here and I don't know how we got here <laughs> well welcome to <laughs> Tofop this is what we do yeah <laughs> yeah you said you had a power outage story you wanted to tell. Oh, we had a... Because Melbourne's been the same. Like last week, Melbourne was having 30 degree days, super hot. And then at 4pm, it would just start storming. Um, like again, like exactly the same kind of storms you're describing. Apparently, it's all because of La Nina, which is um, something I actually haven't heard since I was in year eight geography. But I do remember what it is. Um, so our power went out and... I Is it La Nina or La Nina? You said Nina. Is it Nina? La Nina. Or... N- oh, Le- say it that, again. Say it you're again. saying the same thing. La no, you, you say it. What you say? La Nina. Oh, you're saying La Nina. I could have sworn you said La Nina. La Nina, yeah. No, you said La Nina. To me, what... To me, the two things you're saying sound exactly the same. Okay, all right. Moving on. So, tell me your power outage story. So, we had a power outage... I live with two housemates. I decided when the power went out to go out and hang out with one of my mates who lives near me. So left them to handle it on their own. And then they were away this weekend. And uh, on Friday, the the, uh, electrician came over and I had to let him in and explain to him what the problem was. 
And then I realised that because I left the house when we were figuring out what the problem was, I had no idea what the problem was. So the guy was asking me all these questions. I'm like, I don't know. I think it's to do with the oven. There's like a transformer behind the oven or, or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Take take it all out and see. And then after he got here and like did what he had to do, he was like explaining to me what I had to relay to oh, the housemates I and the landlord that. and stuff. And yeah, I was like, so what's the headline that I have to tell people? And he just started saying a bunch of electrician words that I didn't understand. Yeah. And I'm just like, yep, cool. And then he left and my housemate texted me going, so how'd you get on with the Sparky? And I'm just like, yeah, he said there's like a dodgy transformer behind the oven. And then my housemate's like, so did he fix it? And I'm like, no, nah, I think he just said that he, we have to call him again if we want him to fix it. And then, so I don't even know if he did anything. I think he just came in and looked at the power and, and left. So I don't think anything's been resolved. Um, so we can't use the oven either, but I just don't do well when it comes to conversations with tradespeople because I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, I generally, I, I try really hard to understand. Like I've had multiple tradies come around to the house. We've got a bit mm. of a, we bought this antique bench that seems to be infected with boring bugs. So I've been, I had, I had a pest inspector come out just to make sure they weren't termites. And then he said, um, look, the best thing mm. to do is to just drench, just soak it in kerosene, like get a paintbrush and kerosene and just wipe down the whole bench and that'll kill the little, because uh, what happens with borers is they plant lava in your wood and then the little lava, when they wake up, they start eating the wood from the inside out. Ah. And so he told me like in great detail about how to do it and, you know, where to start and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jem gets back last night and she sees the bench and she's like, have you done the, the carry thing yet? And I'm like, no, 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 I'll do it tomorrow morning. And then, so I went to Bunnings first thing this morning and as I kneeled down to do it, I'm like, I wish I had paid attention to what that guy said because I <laughs> yeah, can't remember. Exactly. I know there was a specific technique to ensure that I'm not going to have to do this again and again and again, but I'm like, oh, well. Mm. So I just literally slathered this thing with kerosene. Now the entire house stinks. So I've left my wife and child in a home with no power, <laughs> no phone, no car, and toxic fumes wafting in from yeah. the front deck. Yeah. Never coming home. Just staying here forever. <laughs> well, while we're here, Mike, there is a purpose yes. uh, to this podcast. Yes. And that was um, to to give some people some insight into what it is that you do uh, for TOEFOP. So we put the, awesome. the, uh, the question out on social media, Ask Podcast Mike Anything, APMA, which... Mm -hmm. I should have probably double checked because I'm like, oh, is that going to be some like white supremacist hashtag or something like that? Like Aryan people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't double check it. So I didn't want, I didn't want to cross contaminate our feeds, but we've had a fair few questions come in. So I thought what I could do cool. is just read these questions and, and uh, you feel free to answer as much or as little as you like, whatever you think the question warrants. Um, you know, yeah. Okay. yeah you, you can dismiss it if you find it beneath you or you can go yeah, cool. very in depth if you think it's a, it's a real head scratcher. I'm worried about what's going to come up, but yeah, go on. Let's do it. Okay. So this is from Stinky Bone. <laughs> uh, I've already decided not to answer this one. <laughs> no, 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 go on. Do you have any horse related stories? No, I don't have. The only horse related, this is so stupid. The only horse related story I have is just my brother went on a horse riding camp in year 10. So it's not even my, st that's it. That's my you, whole story. You could have just said no. <laughs> you could have just yeah, said no I, I, I and then not. 
I could. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a horse story, unfortunately. Right. I don't Bad think. Oh no, I've definitely seen a horse, but yeah, that's done. <laughs> Thank you, Stinky Bones. <laughs> We're after that. A stinky bone. All right. Flying so stuff. not only do you, do you give a terrible answer, you, you also insult our listener by I not even getting the their names, name right. Yeah. Sti- Mister Stinky Bone to you. <laughs> uh, okay. This next question is from Alex uh, Alex Ando Seven, mm-hmm. and this is this is going to paint you into a corner, but I don't care. Who makes you laugh yeah. more, Will or Charlie? Oh, I uh, I mean, this is actually true. It. I think it's Charlie. <sighs> like no, like I'm. I think Will's really funny. I've seen his stand-up shows, but in the context of Tofop, all the, the one that really sticks out in my head is the one of the um when your phone got stolen <laughs> and you showed up at that old lady's house and she had just didn't know what to do. She had just found your phone. Um but just stuff like that I love. I love I think awkward situations are so funny when they're not happening to you. And <laughs> the the um all of the ones you bring are great. Um, but yeah, I've seen I've seen heaps of Will's stand up at the comedy festival. He's hilarious too. So, you know, take take it or leave it. Whoever you prefer. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a very diplomatic answer. I was wondering how yeah. you're going to get out of that, but I think you've done a good job. Okay, this is from N Hutchinson nine four nine. It's a kind of a long question, so I'll read the whole thing out and then we can break it yep. down. Um, what bothers you when you listen to other podcasts? Are there little Ooh. things they do that drive you crazy that you know you could fix? How long does it mm-hmm. take to edit the average episode of TOEFOP? So let's break down the first question. What bothers mm-hmm. you when you listen to other podcasts? And I'm assuming um, they mean from a, a, a like a technical producer level. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I mean, the main thing that does annoy me, mainly because I think it's such a simple thing to fix, um, is people who and it's i get why people do it but it's like people just like say say we're we're on a zoom call right now but Mm. both of us are recording our own feed of audio whereas we could just record this zoom call and throw it up without editing it or or anything like that so a lot of podcasts now just because it's easy they're they're uploading very low quality audio which i i think it's fine like there's no problem with that and I think listeners in podcasts are really forgiving but I just think it's it's actually very cheap and very easy to do what what we do and everyone just has a mic and their own audio it's mm. not a it wouldn't be a huge investment for everyone to just grab a USB mic and just get slightly better audio I think yeah sometimes that just bothers me a little bit but I I totally understand why why people do that because it's it's accessible I'm always surprised when you listen to podcasts from like, you know, major media organizations like magazines and newspapers where they'll do a podcast mm. and it, they've thrown up the audio from a Zoom call. I'm like, mm. surely you have mm. the resources or you've got someone to kind of advise you yeah. on using a, a Bluetooth microphone. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's that. Um, other than that, I don't know. I think really really commercial podcasts kind of annoy me like super overly produced ones because for whatever reason in my mind I still want podcasting to be like the wild wild west and like everyone's just kind of doing stuff and it's not hugely produced sound wise but again I think that's just where the industry's headed so that makes Mm. sense as well I think my most I mean I know this question's for you but what I hate on podcasts and generally audio entertainment in general is fake laughter. 
fake oh, laughter yeah. when they're trying to sell a bit and it's like you know it's not that funny like you mm. laughing louder and longer is not convincing me that this bit is funny and conversely yeah. <laughs> yeah. when you hear genuine laughter like that is the best thing like that one of my favorite podcasts is one called tell them steve dave which has been going for like 13 years and oh, yeah. it's just three friends in new jersey and they crack each other up so much like i have often just been like at the gym or doing the dishes or whatever and they'll start laughing over something and i it's infectious like i'll have to stop what i'm doing to laugh with them and it's like mm. to, if you can mm. capture that kind of magic in a podcast like where it's genuine laughter it's genuine people who have a connection as opposed to that kind of that was an outrageous thing to say and then you know that forced laughter i hate that shit yeah i kind of agree with that i feel like that's a very radio thing as well like i just think it comes with the radio like the the breakfast show where it's it's There's 6 30 in mic. the morning yeah everyone's yeah. laughing you're like it's not that funny we know it's 6 30 and you don't want to be laughing at all <laughs> you want to be in bed but like, yeah, I, I, that that's annoying as well. Like authentic laughter on a show, because the the hosts are actually laughing. They actually find it funny. They're just not. They're not just laughing because they have to laugh. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, this is from <laughs> Phoenix seven four six five six. Who hangs lowest in the nude podcast day? So I think the question is, who do you think has the biggest penis? <laughs> Oh, I'm not answering that. Uh, Club Gro- no. You didn't even understand the question. So. No. Uh, Club A Greenie just wants to know why. Why my life? Or why? why no. Like what, why, what gets Why are you producing the show? Well, look, let me just oh. say, uh, uh, before Mike gets his answer, we do pay him. It's not here on a voluntary oh, yeah. basis. Like I'm, I'm sure if yeah. there was no payment involved, we probably would struggle to get Mike to come back each week. Uh, but are there other? Maybe we can elaborate a bit further. Are there things beyond payment uh, that you enjoy about doing the show? Yeah, there's heaps of things. I actually really look for when when we were in lockdown in Melbourne last year. I actually sent you guys a met. I don't know if you remember this because I was living by myself and I wasn't seeing anyone. Because um, I'd, you know, moved out into a flat by myself thinking, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to be so independent. I'm just going to have people over every night. And then we go into lockdown the first time I ever live alone. So Tofop was just like, honestly, the only thing, the only time I'd hang out with people, even though I didn't say anything. <laughs> but it was just like, it actually was like, I re- I actually really like Tofop. I'd say I'm like a fan. So if oh, I right. wasn't working on Tofop, I would... I would keep listening to Tofop. Um, but yeah, I just, again, like I think the content's really good. Likewise for Willosophy, like I think being someone who started working on Willosophy when I think I was 23, I'm about to turn 27. So it's about four wow. years. Like, Is it just that like long? Holy shit, time flies. Since oh Willosophy, God. yeah, it was wow. 2018. And I think, but I only started properly on Tofop in 2020 so it's mm. only really been two years on tofop but and we had you I on two guys one cup for about six months and then quickly realized we'll take that back <laughs> not because yeah, of I'm the not, standard of your work but it's like no it's a lot it's a lot faster for me to edit i understand the content better but i have actually decided that 2022 is going to be mike's big year of footy so i'm oh, going to get really into footy next year but okay yeah i think with philosophy being that age and um those types of conversations that were being had on Willosophy is like, actually, it's, I think they're really valuable. Like I've learned so much and been able to have 
so many different perspectives from so many different people um, that I really admire and respect um, in Australian and international kind of means. And just, yeah, kind of growing up into an adult and being privy to all of these different perspectives and forming my own views from them, I thought was a really was a really valuable piece of almost education for me um, to work on that show. So I, I get a lot out of philosophy from that sense as well. You know what my fear is, is that like, not to say that Tofop, you know, is as influential or as big as Nirvana, but if Tofop mm. is Nirvana and yeah. like you're Dave Grohl, you're kind of like in the background. But the thing is, you're a very accomplished uh, on your own as a podcaster, uh, oh, the way thanks, you use man. social media as a producer, like you've got wear a lot of different hats. My great fear is that we keep you in the shadows of Tofop and that you're just going to rise like a phoenix and be bigger and more successful than, than our show altogether. And it's like, wait a minute. Become a Foo Fighter. Become a Foo Fighter, yeah. You'll be yeah. Next thing, you'll be playing drums with Animal on the Muppet Show before we know it. <laughs> uh, Matt yeah. Andre wants to know, what is more work, Tofop or Hamish and Andy? Um, it kind of depends because they're very different. Sh- I do very different things between both shows. Um, so Tofop, I'm kind of pro- like I'm there during the recordings and then I'm there. I edit the pod and put it up and everything. With H&A, I don't actually edit the podcast. I'm more, my main role on that show is, because that show is one that, really follows a radio kind of format. Like it's right. it's not a traditional podcast, sort of like Tofop's a very traditional podcast, I'd say. H&A is like segmented the way a radio show would be if it was yeah. chopped into a podcast. So my main role on that show is getting in touch with listeners and teeing them up and organising them. All the people that H&A want to talk to on their show, I will liaise with them and do more probably a bit more content stuff on that show whereas i'd say tofop is more production heavy but i think tofop might take might be a little bit longer in terms of how long it takes because there's like recording editing and then popping it up whereas h and i just go to the record days and you also like do the clip you you grab the clips and you know we yeah. do the artwork for the youtube there's a lot of stuff that you do i I mean, oh, yeah, we wouldn't be doing, and this show would not be nearly as successful if we didn't have you in our corner. Like, I think oh, that's, no, that's, I, the, I that's the other thing. Disagree. Why I want you, I don't want you to get too successful because I want to hang on to you as long as possible before well, everything my, falls apart. My next content idea for Tofop, which at some point in 2022 we should talk about, but I do think we should have a Tofop TikTok. I know how oh, yeah. much you and Will hate TikTok, but I genuinely think like we should have a presence there. Just I don't it hate it. There. I, I, just, I just don't understand. Don't it. All I it. see yeah. is kids, kids doing telling stories with dancers, and I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, I don't. No, that's the bad part of TikTok. We'll be on the good part of TikTok. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, but this person's handle is Evitz Lub. Uh, <laughs> do you ever have any concerns with Charlie's obsession with bins and bin-related crimes? Now, I think this predates your involvement in the show. The bin saga happened. That, that that didn't happen when you were producing us, did it? I mean, I was definitely on the show when some of it happened, but like, right. but I don't well, it's know. Been, I it, guess it's been an ongoing saga. Well, okay. Well, I guess yeah. you can answer the question. Do you think I, I'm, I'm obsessed with bins? 
No, I don't think I don't think that at all. Um, I my look. My dad, you remind me a lot of... You're like a young version of my dad, right? He just... Everything's a problem. You're always upset. Oh, my God. You, you, is that the impression you, of me? Oh, no. no. You know, no, I love my dad, but he finds he finds the negative in any situation. Yeah, I um, can do, do that. But no, no, no. I'm, I'm just joking, Charlie. You don't remind me of my dad at all. It's all good, man. <laughs> Uh, Ian JC88, uh, well, he wants to know how difficult it is to produce an episode of TOEFOP. I think we've covered that. What do you think of Will and Charlie's clothes? Just like the the stuff you wear on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, it's, a tro- it's a trope that we comment on what you're wearing at the start of each show. Yeah. Have you, actually, ever, felt, have you ever felt the compulsion to turn your mic on and just start like making fun of what we're wearing? No, but one thing is I remember when I was working on, because I worked on... Triple M's breakfast show, the hot breakfast when Will was doing it. So I was paneling the show as a fill-in for a few months. And Will wears very similar clothes all the mm. time. Like, I think he has a very small um, wardrobe of clothes. No, this is, oh. I'll tell you a little insight. So when yeah. I first met Will, we first started hanging out when I was living in Sydney like 20 years ago. I mm. remember... Um, visiting his apartment and we we're getting ready to go out and he opened his cupboard and he had three jackets that were exactly the same and four <laughs> pairs of pants yeah. are exactly the same and yeah it was like ah i was like so what's the deal with that and it's like well you know i find something i like i'm just gonna buy lots of it because it's a thing that mm. i like and i always thought it was so strange and then i years later i remember reading a story about um i think it was albert einstein or something albert einstein only owned like three shirts, two jumpers and four pairs of pants, all the same make, all the same color because he didn't want to tax his brain uh, thinking about what he's going to wear. He wanted to concentrate on, you know, the theory of relativity or something yeah. like that. So maybe that's Will's approach yeah. uh, to comedy. It's like, I can't cloud my brain with what I want to wear in the morning. It's just, it's got to all got to be about jokes and japes. <laughs> that, that does seem really smart. But yeah, w- w- one morning Will came in with a hoodie that I'd never seen before. And the whole team remarked on it. Like, Will, like you've never, never worn that hoodie before. And I think he said something like, yeah, this one's getting old. So it's becoming part of like my work, work uniform. Or oh, whatever. Right. Like it's, it's going into the pile of stuff he can wear at work now. So I, yeah, that, that, that's funny. You, you dress pretty normally. Um, you know, white, white shirt, shorts, sometimes Baseball a singlet. Cap. Yeah, pretty normal stuff. No huge surprises. No head turners. I'm I'm glad that we're not shooting video today because in my... uh, So I'm recording in Sam Kavanagh's um, granny flat. So Sam is uh, the other producer who... More of the over over uh, the the business of TOEFOP. The He's CEO. our silent partner, CEO of TOEFOP, I guess Yeah, um, you would say. And uh, uh, I was rushing over here to do this recording because obviously got no power. And I picked mm. up some lunch on the way. And in my haste to get into Sam's place, you know, I was opening a gate. I had, you know, my recording gear in one hand, my lunch in the other. I tipped a coffee all down my crisp white shirt. So I actually have a massive yeah. coffee stain. Coffee so, stain. <laughs> So feel free, you can just keep that in your arsenal. Next time I'm making fun of something you're wearing, you can be like, well, at least I don't front up to a podcast covered in brown smears on my white shirt. Um, and we should remind the listeners, Charlie, that 
the Mike classic toe fop shirt is still available on <laughs> James Fosdyke's Red Bubble page. The Mike classic, which is the toe fop shirt with the guy holding the cassette tape of toe fop, um, that is still available. Yeah. There's actually, uh, you know, why don't we do a plug for the Red Red Bubble? James has actually released a whole bunch of brand new designs. Uh, the mm. Mr. Tickle is up there, um, the a Bigfoot on his floating orbs. So if you're looking for that perfect Christmas gift for the Tofop fan, or even you want to just like baffle someone who isn't a Tofop fan, head to James Fosdyke's <laughs> uh, uh, Red Bubble page. I think it's Mr. Foz at Red Bubble. Um, and buy yourself some Tofop merch. Uh, I've got a couple more questions here. Look, this is not really a serious question, and it, and it would have been topical a week ago when I put the question out. Um, yep. Has Podcast Mike ever sent dick pics to his colleagues that might bring his captaincy into question, obviously relating to the uh, Tim Payne scandal? Oh, uh, yeah. No. Not that no. I know of. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Well, who's been sending me these dick pics? I thought it was you. <laughs> uh, and Mickey, uh, Mickey Von Slurpson, wants to know what podcast Mike is wearing today. Well, maybe I should describe it in the tradition. Yeah. Um, you know what? I know you're a big Weezer fan, and what you're mm. wearing is very reminiscent yeah. of the sort of mid to late 90s indie band uniform, which is it's like a polo shirt, uh, a, blue sh- a, a blue polo shirt with uh, uh, horizontal pinstripes and a nice collar. It's very much that kind of nerdcore rock look. Uh, would you agree that that's, that that's the kind of vibe you're going for? Well, I agree that that's what it looks like, but I, not what you're I wasn't for. like specifically going for that. Um, I, uh, but um, yeah, it's very much just like I, I was at Kmart and this was like a $10 <laughs> polo. So I was like, oh, I'll pick up a couple of these for summer. And to be honest, I'm enjoying the polo look. So 2022 might also be a big year for Mike in a polo. Right. I guess you guys will hear all about that on the podcast. I actually was at um, a department store a few months ago looking at, you know, getting some new T-shirts and stuff. And I was like, oh, geez, I haven't worn a polo shirt in years. Something happened around the early 2000s where popped collars on polos became like the douchebag uniform. <laughs> and I think that kind of put me off polos for a long time. Not the indie core, indie nerd rock look that you've got. More like the kind of Ralph Lauren pink polo with a popped collar. Around about the time when white thongs became trendy, you would have been about five mm. years old when all this was happening. Uh, so I think that put me off. But then I was at um, David Jones or Meyer, one of those stores, and there was some pretty cool like Fred Perry polo shirts. And so I was putting them on and, and having a look. And I've got a mate who's sort of like more of a fashionista than I am. And so I sent him a photo, like a couple of options. Like, what do you reckon? One of these um, Fred Perry tops. And he was like, you know, Fred Perry polo shirts are the... That's the uniform of the Proud Boys. <laughs> I'm like, what? Is it really? Yeah. So, I mean, they've been banned, but they've now just appropriated that style and created their own merch. But originally yeah. they were buying black and yellow Fred Perry polo shirts and wearing that as their Proud Boy uniform. And then I think Fred Perry was like, hey, um, don't do that. <laughs> Please don't stop wearing our, 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 our polos to your rallies. And so now they produce their own Proud Boy merch, which is great. Interesting. Um, uh, so uh, uh, while we're speaking of merch, uh, probably a good time just to remind you to go to Redbubble <laughs> and we don't sell any Proud Boy Get, merch. Pick up the Mike Classic. <laughs> yeah. I'd love a Mike Classic on Apollo. Oh. Uh, Foz, if you're listening, that'd That's be cool. That's a good idea. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we're going over to Twitter now to get some more questions. We just finished the Instagram mailbag. So let's shake out the, t- uh, the Twitter cool. mailbag. Uh, Sean mm-hmm. wants to know, and this is kind of similar to the Who's Funnier question, but who is your favourite mm-hmm. TOEFOP host? Don't worry, we won't tell them. 
Do you have a favourite oh. out of Will and I? Uh, I mean, it's tough. I mean, the show wouldn't be what it is without both of you. <laughs> but again, like I, I do think my favourite part about Tofop is the is the uh, mundane stories. <laughs> okay. Like I, I, I actually love them. What was the other one? Um, oh, I don't know. There's there's too many. There's some. There's a compilation the episode somewhere on the feed. Yeah, the shaver was good. Yeah, all of that stuff I love. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I love, like, Will's takes on a lot of... Uh, and he does it in Fofop as well, just, like, pop culture. Mm. Like, all the pop culture stuff, like, I'm really into that. All the nerd culture. Um, and then Will... Maybe it's because because I edit Will, like, Willosophy, Tofop, and Will's Fofops, sometimes I, like, he... he Here's a little secret. He sometimes does talk about the same stuff in each show. So I end up hearing the same kind of things across every yeah. show. Um, so maybe you're just like a refreshing, <laughs> a refreshing take for me. It is f- yeah. funny. Like <laughs> yeah. there are certain um, comedians and uh, like a Kevin Smith, you know, who, you know, has a billion podcasts and, you know, it was Smodcast is sort of the main reason we started Tofop. But I reckon I know, all his most famous anecdotes better than he does because I've heard him, like Will, yeah. repeat them on various different podcasts. Like I've, I know the history yeah. of how Clerks was made. I know the story about Too Fat to Fly. Like I know all these kind of stories, and it's like, I, I guess at some point you just run out of new stuff to talk about. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. Yeah, especially when you're doing like four four podcasts a week. Like eventually, yeah, you're treading the same. The same water, well, I, I guess. I, I often sit down to do a TOEFOP and I'm like, oh, fuck, like we've got nothing. Like, you know, I, I, I feel much more secure if there's an article I can read out or if someone sent something in. But I'm always surprised mm. when we can get into a topic that feels fresh and new and actually do 30 minutes on it. But then there's also a nagging mm. part of me, which is like, oh, fuck, have we talked about this before? Like, I'm pretty sure, like, suddenly it, yeah, it, it's right, like you start right. recognising beats and it's like, oh, like, that joke seemed really, like, low-hanging fruit. Is it reason it felt low-hanging is because we've had this conversation before? We've literally done And we had, there's joke, definitely yeah. been episodes where I think there was one we talked about what is dry cleaning. And it was only, like, 100 episodes earlier we'd had exactly the same conversation where we went to wikipedia we looked at what is dry cleaning we discussed the process yeah. and we had listeners Amazing. email in to say are you guys losing it like you you've done this exact topic and with these with this exact process of going to wikipedia and looking up what chemicals are used and it was almost like from what i'm told because i didn't listen That's back crazy. beat for beat the same podcast but we just it was like we had amnesia or something we had no idea we were repeating ourselves um i'm pretty sure doesn't the like the last episode of seinfeld ends with the exact same conversation that jerry and george have in the first episode of seinfeld felt about having the the middle button done up on a oh, shirt right. so that kind of reminds me of that like in in the last tofop episode ever you and will should just do the exact same episode as the first Talk, one talking about whether <laughs> superman has super piss <laughs> i believe that's how yeah well it seems inappropriate <laughs> that actually yeah, it seems to be an yeah app- hey i think we discussed is there a toilet bowl strong enough to handle superman's piss <laughs> amazing <laughs> Love that. Um, uh, so uh, Christmas Kev uh, wants to know what you're wearing. I think we've covered that already. Um, Distrust of mm-hmm. Creepy Crawly wants to know what's what's your real name, Podcast Mike? 
My name is, uh, my full name is Michael Joseph Liberali. Uh, so that's an Italian surname. Both my parents are Italian. My my mum's maiden name, for those who care, is Jan Siracusa. And I think once I told you, Charlie, that my uh, my mum's first cousin's son is Daniel Jan Siracusa, the footballer. Um, and I always use that as a claim to fame <laughs> at school. Like, yeah, my cousin, I've never met him. And I think you said I'm more. You were like I'm more related to Gia than you are, which is probably true. But he is he is the uh, the probably the most famous person in my family tree. So For now. shout out to Gia if you're listening. For now, <laughs> yeah. Um, Alex uh, says, "What is it like helping to create one of the best podcasts in the world with two great hosts like?" Hey, Mission Andy. <laughs> That's a uh, great... Uh, <laughs> you, got, you got us. <laughs> got us. Um, so, look, I think he's just taken the piss, but what is it like working with Hey, Mission Andy? Yeah, it's really fun. Like, I, I think I've said it before. Like, I've I've actually had universally positive experience with, like, with experiences with everyone I've worked with, which... Isn't You're always young. like a um, <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's it's really good. Like, I feel like I every show that I work on, I learn a lot in terms of like production and creativity, and yeah, no no different on a show like that. Like working with professionals like you or Will or Hamish and Andy. I worked for the Chaser for a bit, which was really cool, and just seeing how all these different people approach creativity and comedy and um podcasting is is great like I, I feel really lucky and really um grateful for the opportunities I've been given it's a bit like sitting in with the Beatles watching them record yeah. <laughs> it's, it's exactly like that imagine uh, imagine a like a, a Beatles get back documentary except it was for Tofop Tofop get back <laughs> oh my god it's just like it's you and Will being like, oh, we're not, con- oh, you're breaking up. No, nah, you're not connected and stuff like that. Hayus <laughs> uh, hey wants to know, what does what would Podcast Mike find the funniest or most disturbing thread since he started? So I think you've talked about the funniest, which is mm. like, you, you like all the mundane stuff. Has there been anything that's sort of been, not, doesn't have to be disturbing as in horrified, but was there mm. any, has there been any info or any rabbit holes have gone down that you found interesting uh dry cleaning for instance (laughs) yeah Yeah, dry no interest i feel like disturbing here's one i actually i don't think i've ever told you this but i completely disagree with your approach to taking the dog from next door into your house oh you don't agree with that well I just don't think I'd have the courage to do it. Like, I don't think I could go into someone's yard and pick up their dog and just take it inside. So I think I would just passively allow the dog to ruin my night. Uh, like, look, I genuinely think that. I would have to say that you are in the majority. The most people who correspond with me about that incident uh, accuse me of stealing a dog. I need yeah, to reiterate. I don't think you were stealing a dog. I rescued a dog. I rescued the dog. And we now have a fantastic relationship with that neighbour. They came around. Right. We had a barbecue last week. They came over, um, and Ralph is doing doing really well. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Like I'm an animal lover, and I also want my my child to have a good night's sleep. And so I really was left with no option. Look, if it had been a bigger dog, 
like you know German Shepherd or something like that, and had been aggressively barking, yeah, that dog can stay behind. He's a little yeah. bloody you know terrier. He was fine. He was fine. But but the other thing was when you um you after that and then you were ba- you were dog sitting and the dog ran in you thought the dog ran into oh, the house and you went yeah. into the the, the <laughs> house's yard i wouldn't have yeah. done that either i think i would have just been like well i've lost the dog i'm gonna have to deal with it <laughs> i mean i've got i can't i don't want those people to move away because it sounds like they're generating fantastic content for this, yeah. for this show yeah, yeah. My, do- my neighbor's dog ralph uh michael says can you please start editing into the audible uh, can you please start editing in the audible click of a lighter in the background for those of us with nostalgia for the pre-producer days? Uh, yeah, I was actually going to... Uh, at one point, I was going to say to you, hey, do am I supposed to edit out the clicks of the lighter? Because I do. <laughs> but yeah. I wasn't sure when I started, to be honest. Um, but uh, I'll I think continue it's, I th- to edit them out. <laughs> I, I think, look, I, th- I think it's, I think it is, it, it's neither here nor there. People understand what they're listening to. I yeah. prefer the sound. I prefer to be them taken out in the same way that I also prefer long silences to be taken out. Mm. Will has a different philosophy. Will is very much he. What I think he likes about podcasting is let people peek behind the curtain. If there's an interruption, just let it roll. Let people hear mm. it and. I initially was against that. I was like, oh, no, I don't want people to hear, like, see how the sausage is made. But again, some of my favorite podcasts, like to hear someone get up from the desk and go over and answer the door or get something mm. that they want to show the rest of the, you know, the other guys or the other girls on the podcast. I do find that interesting. And i got to remind myself that if you want it to be radio, listen to the radio. But I think there is something like the Beatles documentary that makes it feel quite intimate when you are mm. getting a bit of a insight into, oh, this is that's the space that they're in. You know, this is the kind of things they're dealing with as a recording. There's animals running in and out or there's kids and all that kind of stuff. I actually, you know, find it quite charming. Yeah, um, agreed. Abby wants to know, how are you? And how many shows do you... Hang on, let me read this. How are you? <laughs> Yeah, how are you? I guess is the first part of the question. Mm-hmm. I, you, you seem all I'm right. I'm good. I'm really <laughs> I'm well. Good. I'm doing really well. And how many shows do you work on, Pod Mike? Uh, how old are you? And are you happy with your pod producing life? Also, thank you. All right, there's a lot in that. So, uh, yeah. how are you? Good. I'm good. How many shows do you work on? Uh, not just Tofop. How many shows, including Hamish and Andy and stuff? And the your moment, own. Jeez, it'd be close to a ten, wouldn't it? At the moment, it's I'm working on Tofop, Fofop, and Willosophy. H&A, and then I also do, um, at the start of every year, we do a, a like a spin-off called The Remembering Project that yep. I'm on as well. Um, so I do that. And then I sometimes just freelance. So I'm currently working on a freelance podcast with Mecca, the, the cosmetics company, which is oh, just yeah. like, a, uh, like, a, like a branded podcast talking about yep. products and stuff. Um, and then I do my own, I do two podcasts of my own which is seven and i'm pretty sure at the moment that's I everything i i work on but i think yeah, you did I more think... than two i guess you got the youtube channel as well which i know it's not podcasting but that's yeah you're doing the youtube videos as well you do a lot well i do a spin-off called mike talks but i host that on my normal podcast feed so it's just like a bonus where i chat to a friend or something like that um but yeah so probably seven at the moment uh so are you happy with your prod pod producing life <laughs> Yeah, no, I am. Like, I'm, I'm actually on a, on a, like, um, I don't know, a philosophical route. Um, I'm like pretty happy. I'm probably the happiest at the moment that I've been in my life. So oh, I great. like to think that I'm doing 
something right. And um, yeah, like I'm really happy. I'm also, as I said before, really grateful and um, really thankful. Like someone like Sam Cav has thrown me heaps of opportunities over the years, which is how I ended up on Willosophy. It's how I ended up um, with Hamish and Andy and Fox FM and stuff. So yeah, like I'm really grateful to all the people who have helped me. Um, yeah, I'm happy. That's awesome. Hope you're happy too. <laughs> no, we're, we're really wrapped to have you. Um, oh, I meant uh, the non- listeners. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can't answer for them. Uh, non de Plume wants to know who your favourite person is. That's already done that one. Okay, let's finish on this. This is uh, yep. uh, the reply guy because he went on a Twitter storm. He's asked about six, seven questions in a row. So let's mm-hmm. we can do maybe do a speed round of these to finish yep. up. Um, do you ever get frustrated when the hosts have a vague conversation that eventually sharpens to a random question and they sudden, and suddenly you have to Google what they're talking about? So that's like no. when we say, hey, podcast, Mike, look that yeah. up. Is that annoying? I No, I love that. Because often when you guys are talking, when anyone's talking, I am already, if I don't know about it, I'm already just Googling it to find oh, out right. more about oh. it. Just because I'm like, oh, this sounds interesting. What's this about? Um, good example of that is like Woodstock 99, which you guys talked about. Like I hadn't heard of it. And then I just like looked it up. And then I ended up watching it and enjoying it. So like I, that's something I really like about working on podcasts is you just find heaps of new stuff to to get into. So no, I don't get annoyed. Um, what's the most annoying or difficult to ignore or difficult to cover background noise you've heard in a podcast recording? In okay, in one that I've worked on. Ah, um, uh, just yeah, maybe one that you worked on. Just narrow, narrow it down a bit. Uh, I remember when. When Julia Gillard came on Willosophy, there was a, she had, she must have had like, her room ambience was really loud. It sounded like there was a fan on in the room. Uh-huh. Um, that was difficult. Sometimes you just, you, anyone who's edited audio, like sometimes you cannot, there's just no way you can remove the audio. You can try and do like noise reduction, but it just, you're always going to have a bit of that ambience. But I've never had anything super like disruptive except for like a bang like some kind of crash or dropping something while someone's talking and then you just can't do anything about it uh what's the worst place a host has ever recorded to try to record from sound wise um i had i had uh i'm pretty sure charles from the chaser once recorded the podcast from his car um uh, which... well, that would sound pretty good wouldn't it quite dead dead and dead and sound yeah I guess so. Like it was, it was fine. I just think, yeah, I guess in terms of like somewhere bad, I don't know. Sometimes people are in really big rooms with high ceilings and there's just nowhere for the sound to go. So it sounds really echoey and and spacey and stuff. Um, But other than that, nothing, nothing huge. Nothing too bad. Uh, Do you listen to other people's podcasts with an ear towards quality foremost in your mind? Uh, Nah, generally I'm, I'm mainly about content, which is what I said before about, I think listeners are really forgiving towards lower quality sound these days. Um, so yeah, not not really, but I definitely notice things when I listen to podcasts where I'm like, oh, you could have that should have been like this, or you could have cleaned that up. But I like I'm not I'm not like writing emails to podcasts <laughs> being like you should have done this. Um, but yeah, uh, when Will and Charlie just go off on some random topic, do you selectively feed them info to steer the conversation somewhere else? Well, that's a fascinating question. Have you ever manipulated Will and I to steer the conversation somewhere else, or do you just black and white respond to the question we've asked you? Yeah, I don't. Th- 
think so. You have, like, no, I think you do. You occasionally, like, will take the initiative and, like, so we've asked you to look up something on, like, hey, tell us the history of, uh, you know, Ghostbusters. And yeah, then yeah, you yeah. will keep feeding stuff into the message window that we can take or leave. So there's sometimes yeah. you put stuff up that we just don't get to or we, we miss or, or, or whatever. So mm. I guess in a way you do kind of selectively try and guide us in a way to stuff that you think is interesting. But whether or not we actually pick it up is, is another thing, I guess. Yeah, well, why, I, I actually just thought of one on that note, which was it was to do with when you were talking about uh, Bill and Ted's, what's, is it, what's the new one? Oh, Face the Music, Bill and Ted Face, Face the, the music. music. And yeah. you mentioned before I like Weezer and I knew that Weezer's, Weezer was like, uh, their song was in the movie or like was in the yeah. trailer for the movie. So I was like, hey, also... Weezer's song is the trailer in the movie just because I'm like, ah, oh, I'll throw that in just in case like they talk song. about Weezer. The beginning yeah. of the end. I think that's one of my favourite new Weezer songs. I also mm. am a big Weezer fan. In fact, in the very mm. early episodes of Tofop, I outed myself as a Weezer fan and copped so much shit. I think Will oh, and I really? were Yeah, we were recording at Splendour in the Grass. We actually had like, we were recording on, on uh, like a, just a Zoom. And Will said, you know, what's your favourite band? And I'm not really a huge music guy and put on the spot. I was like, Weezer. And everyone was like, Weezer? Like, of all the bands you could pick, it's like, I just like Weezer, all right? I think they're awesome. defensive about it. Yeah, me too. Everyone should listen to their album, just a casual plug, OK Human, which came out this year. And it's um, it's a really cool, unique pop um, album that's done with an orchestral score. And I love it. Um, it in fact, it was in my Spotify wrapped as like my top <laughs> album of the year. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to everyone as well for sharing your Spotify rep that uh, had Tofop or Tofop Productions uh, with their mm. pods ranking in the top five. That was very cool to see. Uh, Mike, thank you for doing the show. Uh, we'll love to get awesome. you back on again at some stage. And I'd love to do your Harry Potter show. So I keep saying this yeah. and you still have an extended um, invitation to me. It, it's on hiatus till next year. I'm just like okay. so busy at the moment. I So really I'm doing six podcasts because I'm not doing that at the moment. But yes, a, a lot of people who listen to it who heard our Fofop have said they, they'd they be really keen to have you on as well. So we will tee it right. up next year. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Two Guys, One Cup, the summer series is continuing with me and Scott Dooley, Footy Fixes. That's coming out on a Thursday. And there's Willosophy. Do you know who's on Willosophy this week? Uh, yep. We have Willosophy with Jan Fran, her fourth appearance on the show, um, which, was a, which was a really a good one. Yeah, I think, I actually do think that she's the only fourth... Of fourth appearance, maybe M. Rusciano has been on four times, or but Briggs. otherwise it's just yeah. Um, so that'll be out. I'm pretty sure there'll be one on Friday as well. Um, I just don't have the schedule in front of me, but yeah, there's a fair few good ones coming out over the next few weeks, and uh, uh, I'm really excited. Yeah, go to tofop.com to check out all the podcasts, and if you've got some time and wanna and wanna look at what our faces look like, go to Tofop TV on YouTube to check out some clips from this show. Uh, our web series, Lessons for Life. There's four brand new episodes of, of that. Uh, but for now, I'm Charlie Clawson, and I'm Mike. <laughs> podcast Mike, goddammit. it! And I'm Podcast Mike. <laughs>